Number six, that old-time religion ain't good enough for me, part two. Is modern religion, with its rituals and moral codes of conduct, God's first and best plan for how he wants to interact with humanity? If not, why not? And if not, why is organized religion so entrenched into human history? These and other questions we'll attempt to answer, first by looking at the biblical record of God's plan and purpose for humankind, beginning at the beginning. God spoke. Let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature, so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of earth. God created human beings. He created them godlike, reflecting God's nature. He created them male and female. God blessed them. Prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge, be responsible for fish in the sea and birds in the air, for every living thing that moves on the face of the earth. When they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, the man and his wife hid in the trees of the garden, hid from God. God called to the man, Where are you? Genesis 1, 26-28 and 3, 8-9. From these passages from the creation story in the first chapters of Genesis, we find several important clues as to how he truly wanted to interact with them. Humans were intentionally created in God's image to reflect his nature and character. The phrase godlike does not mean humans were, are, or ever will be gods on an equal footing with the God, but it does indicate that God intended for us to share his character and attributes. Everything God is in his character, he infused into mankind at creation. This even extended to the character of immortality as evidenced by the existence of the tree of life in Eden and the fact that God gave Adam and Eve full access to it. Furthermore, after the fall, God explicitly stated, what if he now should reach out and take fruit from the tree of life and eat and live forever? Genesis 3.22 Before we move on to the next bullet point, we need to reconcile the fact that even though God created mankind to reflect his own nature, yet as part of his rationale for evicting them from Eden, God said, The man has become like one of us, capable of knowing everything, ranging from good to evil. We conclude from this that it was not God's intention to open the eyes of Adam and Eve to know everything good and evil at that specific period in time or as a result of Satan's distorting influence. We have innumerable indications in the Bible that it was indeed God's plan to eventually endow mankind with knowledge and understanding of great spiritual mysteries, but not right then and not that way. God intended for mankind to have dominion and authority over the earth. 
This is very clear from Genesis 1, 26-28. Let us make human beings in our image, make them reflecting our nature, so they can be responsible for the fish in the sea, the birds in the air, the cattle, and yes, earth itself, and every animal that moves on the face of earth. God bless them, prosper, reproduce, fill earth, take charge. The authority Satan now possesses in the earth as the commander of the powers in the unseen world, Ephesians 2.2, was abdicated to him by the sin of Adam and Eve. They had no idea what power and blessing they forfeited to Satan by their sin of disobedience. God created humans in order to have a personal, intimate relationship with them. How do we know this? When they heard the sound of God strolling in the garden in the evening breeze, the man and his wife hid in the trees of the garden, hid from God. God called to the man, Where are you? It requires no stretch of the imagination to conclude that strolling in the garden with God was not unusual for Adam and Eve, that indeed they were expecting him to come. And the clincher is that God asked them where they were, which lets us know he was expecting to see them also. Can we just pause for a moment to consider what it would be like to stroll in the garden in the evening breeze with our Heavenly Father? It's hard to imagine a more serene, comforting word picture of intimacy and fellowship with God. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could have that kind of communion with Him in this life? In my next article, We'll look at additional biblical evidence which clearly illustrates that God's best plan for humanity is to have that kind of personal, intimate encounter with each of us right now, not a distant, formal, impersonal, religious relationship. Please feel free to post a comment or question here, or I can be reached by email at admin at thegoodword.today. That's admin at thegoodword.today.